Welcome to the Tales from Travellers podcast, a show that aims to share the unique experiences of expats, travellers and those who have chosen to make a life abroad. Through our guests' unique experiences, we will explore the challenges and rewards of adjusting to a new culture, making connections, pursuing a career or even raising a family in a different part of the world. Whether you're a seasoned traveller or new to the expat lifestyle, this podcast could be an insightful tool or a fun distraction for anyone considering moving abroad. Today we're joined by a very good old friend, Chris, who had a wonderful time exploring the ship life, as many call it. Now, the cruise ship industry moved to a standstill during the coronavirus pandemic, but the Cruise Market Watch reported in 2021 that the industry recovered to levels last seen in 2006 and is still continuing to grow. And with 50 recognised cruise line operators and 21 new cruise ships set to be delivered in 2023, there is no slowdown for demand from passengers. And with this demand comes the need for a complete staff list. So, Mr. Chris, very good old friend of mine. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This could be a difficult one to start it off with. But on your cruise ship travels, could you give me an idea what countries did you go to? Yeah, well, um, very, very fortunate, um, I would certainly say. Uh, one of the best ways to travel in general, uh, you go to sleep and you wake up in a new country and it was as cut and dried as that. I mean, I was fortunate to be with uh, Princess Cruises and they um, have their main um, sort of line out there on the, on the western side of the USA. Uh, so did the whole of the coast of California going up to Alaska involving Canada and then all the way down to Mexico. So sticking on that West side of the, the continent, but then going uh, over the Pacific over to uh, Hawaii, um, Fiji, Bora Bora, Tahiti, all of the French Polynesia. And depending on the contract, you know, it like say uh, six months on uh, two months off uh, fly home, then fly back out again. So that was the, uh, the Caribbean transatlantic, past the through the Azores over doing the British Isles so pretty pretty much yeah quite quite a bit but mainly on the western hemisphere how did it come to be that working on a cruise ship was your chosen method of exploring traveling and working abroad i mean ultimately it, it the, this everyone's got different reasons for wanting to join ships what you know it is largely it, you benefit most if if you're young single no commitment you just want to travel you know and then you'd join a ship i mean i mine was retail because that is largely the only background i had with was with uh, retail uh, so that's what i joined as that sector but you know everyone's got different reasons that yeah i just wanted to get away change my life around um I had no commitments just travel the world and really that that was there was no particular reason, you know, everyone's got different ones, but mine was just, I, you know, I didn't go to uni myself. Um, so this was my uni effectively. Um, and it was, uh, the best decision I ever made in my life. Looking at some of the stories o- over the years, it's definitely, it's definitely a unique experience. Mm. And I think a lot of people, they don't tend to maybe think about such a, a nomadic traveling lifestyle when it comes to yeah. working on a cruise ship no. I mean was it um you said you just wanted to get up kind of change your life experience something was um what was the the working travel the first choice or was there an option to just go traveling and just backpack it no yeah no I I, 
I, man needed to be paid. <laughs> uh, I needed money. Um, I it, it had to be work travel for, for me. You know, it doesn't work for everybody, but that did for me. Um, it is such a different, it is a different lifestyle to a point where you just do not know and you cannot describe it. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to make a bad example of trying to describe what it's like living on a ship because you can't describe it until you're in it. You know, um, I remember the first day um, I, I got a call in your kitchen and the actual fact. And uh, I remember getting that call saying, right, you, you're joining today. Um, all right. Okay, cool. Uh, well, no, sorry. On the following Sunday, you start your job, right? Uh, we're going to fly you out to Hawaii. Oh my God. Okay. Um, sure. You know, and then you, then you fly out, um, you, you, you join the ship and you sort of, I just remember joining as I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. I don't know what to prepare for. There's so much you've got to consider. The cabins are so small. There's no windows in there. You're working with 56 different nationalities. You know, it's so, it's a whole new world. And uh, it, it got to me for the first couple of weeks. I didn't think I could hack it. A lot of people say that, um, you know, the fresh fish that come on board, uh, you uh, you get really given two weeks and you know within that and most people leave in that two-week window. If not, you stay on and you're there forever because it's so addictive. Talking about those um, those people, you give yourself two weeks. I mean, with a lot of traveling and working abroad, there's always this, fa- this almost fantasist idea of what it will be like. Everyone glamorizes it in their head. It's going to be stunning. It's going to be beautiful. You're going to be living the dream. You're a main character in your own movie. But then, as you mentioned, there's something that I also experienced, the reality kicks in almost immediately, first night, first week. Mm. Um, what did you expect from it? And then how much of that completely changed after your, say, first week? I knew on a basic level, you go there, you're going to be on a ship and you're traveling around the world. I mean, that is the basic level. I knew that was going to happen, obviously. Everything else was the polar opposite different of what it was in reality in terms of uh how fun it was that of being a positive but um again it's hard to describe what it's like living on a ship because it is 24 7 you you are you're living off of fumes and quite frankly <laughs> you you are literally a sailor in every in every aspect of the name in terms of drinking 24 7 just to get on with it like and that sounds really bad but that's the same thing like to to be able to um essentially put up with the passengers and the amount of questions that you get and the stupid questions like oh my god it is absolutely crazy i once i got uh, on a daily basis when i was in alaska somebody said excuse me what side of the ship are the whales going to be i don't what time like as if they're animatronics like it was like <laughs> Are you crazy? You know, it was one of the best things, one of the best and one most frustrating things. So uh, what do you do? You party, you go to sleep, you work, and it is on a on a on a six month basis. You slowly kill yourself health wise. And I'm sure every single cruise worker would be able to agree with me on that one, because you work your ass off. You do. And uh, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. It You know, I've worked two Christmas days on on ships and it felt like any other day you know there's no world outside of the one that you're sailing on so um yeah it was different completely uh the the work the work ethic of, of you know um was just overwhelming and uh the way of life 
um, was completely different. But again, you love it or you hate it, and you can't you hack it or you don't. And uh, I managed to hack it. No, you definitely hacked it. I mean, obviously, you went away for a, a good few good few contracts, which we'll come on to in a bit. But you you mentioned that you know to survive, you need to go through, you need to drink, you need to party, you need to let loose. Um, how long are the working days um, on average for? Obviously, you worked in the retail sector. Yeah. How long were the working days? And so, week? yeah. So um, each and every so every sailing can be that that could vary. Um, when I joined my first contract, that was a month sailing, so it's with the same passengers for a month. And then a turnaround schedule could be every three days. It could be different passages every three days. And so it would depend on the schedule and also it would depend on your department. So in retail, for me, it was illegal for the shops to be open when we were in dock. So when we're in dock and it's closed, then that's it. So then all retail stuff would just you would do what you want. You can um, you go off of the ship, see that country, do some things. Um, and then largely it would be, um, say, for example, that the ship would dock at 9 a.m. Um, it would be all aboard by maybe six. And then so you're there in the evening, you know, for about four hours sometimes, depending on the day or or well, depending. It depends for me. It was dependent on when the ship was docked. Um, if it's a sea day, it is 12 hours basically it's a 12 hour full day sometimes 14 hours um where the, where the shops were open what about obviously you mentioned going from port to port what was the longest period between a port day and what was the shortest was there a period where you were literally working two days straight and were there periods you were working you know 30 days straight yeah it, um so again on the schedule when you're at sea there's the the worst thing for a worker is to see the schedule saying that there's five dc days in a row because then it will literally be bang 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 every day every day every day and that's it um the best thing you could see is uh, if uh, if the ship's um doing an overnight dock then my god then the ship the ship's crew is elated because then because if it's an overnight, most of the passengers are off. They're, they're, you know, the catering staff are free to do what they want. There's no, there's no photography to be had, pretty much, because all the passengers are off the ship. The sh- shops are shut, so all the crew just go, "Thank God, here we go." So that would be the longest period of not working if it's an overnight. But the overnights are quite rare. Um, the the worst is multiple sea days back to back because then it is twenty four seven no rest that's it and some of the guy I was fortunate to join retail like I say because the shops are closed whereas the catering staff the bar staff the cleaning staff my god they're just they are machines um, and we would like the retail staff and the photography and casino whatever we would all be in the bar together. Um, will have already been there for maybe four or five hours already. It would be four in the morning and a guy would come down from say engineering or the cleaning staff or whatever and be like, right, I've just finished my shift. I start my next 12, 24 hour shift in the next hour. And it's like, shit, man, like go to bed. No, got to keep going. Like they're just, it's crazy. That's the real sad thing about it. Hopefully, imagine you, there would be um, a pretty good pay. I'd imagine with these kind of long hours and everything. I don't know if I'm honest, but it wasn't enough, and they don't get paid any extra for it. I mean, if some of the say the room stewards, you know, if if the stewarding rooms, 
they would obviously, well, they heavily rely on tips as well. And the tips can be great. They're Americans, so they always tip. Um, the Brits obviously don't. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, they, they would always, you know, some of the tips I saw coming out of that was great. And they would tip at the bar, they tip at the restaurant. But some of the guys that like are down in laundry or cleaning or in the incinerator room or whatever like that, they just, they work so, so hard. And, um, they're not going to get paid any extra for it. Like they're just, you know, ran down to the ground. And that is, uh, that is sort of the dark side of ships. I would certainly say, um, predominantly nationalities down there tend to be Filipino and Indonesian. Um, and you know, they've got their reasons for it as well. They're forever sending money home and they'll work their ass off until the dead. Like that is literally what it is. I mean, obviously you've got, um, long hours, um, pay not, not as, fantastic as, it, as you'd imagine it to be for such long hours um you mentioned earlier that the cabins are quite small um i was lucky i was say, say luckily enough to see you on one of your port days in southampton and i got to see your your, your luxury villa of um six by six box room that you shared with <laughs> another person yeah. um yeah. no window um i mean what were the um what were the box rooms like and was everyone in it or were there certain um certain tiers yeah depending on who you are that's the other side of it it depends on your rank and depends on your job role on ultimately what sort of standard of living that you get as well um so me i was customer facing um passenger facing so i had uh, a cabin where i shared with one person and i had my own bathroom with that other one person which was i mean you saw it, it was small enough there was no window i had carpet that's a bonus. I had carpet, uh, but it is bunk bed style. And um, largely a lot of retail tend to have that exact same one. So the photographers would have the same cabin that you saw. Um, the casino staff, the whatever, you know, they, they all tend to have the same one. When it comes to tears, yeah, um, as you're going above, if you have some stripes on your shoulder, you know, some epaulets, and you go up in the ranks, um, if you're well if you're a guest entertainer if you're if part of the the theater production companies they tend to have better slightly better rooms um where they might have their own room uh you know if you're management you absolutely will have your own room double bed everything um <laughs> and you have a you have a window my god if you have a window you you you're probably going to get laid that night <laughs> that will oh, wow. show that shows your rank. Do you have a window? <laughs> yes, I do. Thank you very much. Well, I'm going to marry you. Um, oh, wow. The bougie things in life. Oh, so bougie. And then ultimately it goes all the way up to the top of the captain who obviously has uh, the penthouse. Um, yeah. He has multiple windows, the bastard. But <laughs> I. Uh, but then you work your way down and uh, then, of course, it, it does get worse from there. So, I mean, where I, where you saw mine, it was two people to one room. I had, we had our own bathroom, which mm. was no bigger than an air, airline toilet. It was smaller than an airline toilet, to be fair, uh, but it was our own. Whereas if you're going the ranks below and you go to the lower parts of the ship, because that's ultimately where it is. I was always sort of mid range, you know, spa people, everyone were sort of deck four to seven. The cleaning staff, bar staff, engineering, cleaning, whatever, tend to be on the lower decks, probably about deck two, where there is no carpet, unfortunately. And uh, one of the ships that I was on, it was uh, ultimately three 
about three people to one room, sometimes four people to one room. And then it would be four cabins to one bathroom. So you're looking at about 12 people sharing one bathroom, effectively. Uh, that was on my first ship, uh, I remember. But it was pretty horrific. And they don't have, yeah, like I say, it's it's cold, hard flooring. They don't have carpet. And it is, that is a shame. That is really yeah. bad. Yeah, depending on what your role is, unfortunately. I mean, um, I think we will go on to a bit more of the positive side of things, but obviously one thing that's kind of coming to mind immediately, obviously depending on your role, certain luxuries provided, as you mentioned, certain rooms, a window is a luxury and long hours, um, limited days off. And you mentioned most people tend to maybe find out in two weeks if they're cut for it. What was the staff turnover like? And I'm assuming if there was a high turnover, a lot of it comes down to just mental health reasons. Um, did that, yeah. did that tend to happen a lot? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I must admit that on board, I mean, may, uh, like I say, I worked, for, I worked for Princess, so maybe other companies did it. I didn't see so much on the mental health side. You know, obviously there's always people to talk to. Um, but it, yeah, like I said, I don't want to be too negative about it, but it's an insight into what it's like, you know. Um, and the reality is, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the times people can't hack it. They'll just they'll just leave and unfortunately do things to themselves yeah. um it wasn't it wasn't every cruise but it was it happened quite a lot where um unfortunately um crew suicide is 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 a thing and and it's pretty horrific and they feel that they can't hack it and they don't have anyone else to talk to whether it was they couldn't talk to their friends or their families ignoring them whatever you just have no idea what's going through their heads and unfortunately that has happened uh, quite a few times uh, more than I thought I was going to see not see but hear about and uh, you know but in terms of in terms of you know crew turnaround it largely people stick it out and uh, you know it's always happening every single cruise when a cruise would come to an end there's always new people coming on board there's never going to be a shortage of people depending on your contract you know there's always people are just about to finish their contract and start a new one every turnaround so you know whether that's a Mm. month cruise and then the month is over everyone goes home and a whole new lot of people come on board um so yeah no turnaround is constant on a near to daily basis uh, whether that is right. people of their own volition or it's just their contract is ending. Before moving on from this, I just want to, for people who are considering or have looked on to working on a cruise ship, and obviously you, you do tend to question, you know, can I hack it? Um, you know, and and it's it's good to be open about it so people get those honest insights into it. But right. want to make sure that if people are unsure and they're, they're, some people are a bit more introverted. Um, in terms of communication, obviously you mentioned that there probably are, there are some people you can talk to. You do make friends on the cruise ship, but then what? Oh my God. Yeah. On top of that, what what is the um what is the what is the conversation like with say people back home? Let's say someone wants to speak to their mum. They're 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 nervous. They're scared. What are the what are the opportunities to call home? So we say just have that reassuring voice. <laughs> Quite difficult, unfortunately. Um, yeah. When you're in the middle of the ocean or the sea there's there's there is no signal so you have to use the ship signal and uh it is uh, or you know the ship's internet and uh again like i say i worked for uh, i worked for one company multiple other companies might have different ways to do it but for example you would have um 
internet cards you can purchase, for example, and you use it sparingly because uh, you can have an hour, one hour's worth of internet for $20. And it's like, Jesus, wow. $20, you know? But you, <laughs> but you find after months of it, $20 doesn't matter anymore. You'll pay that to, to have that line of communication. Um, or it would be a certain amount of data, which, uh, sorry, um, minutes on a card, uh, you know, uh, time cards, where it would equate to an hour or so. And that's about, I can't remember what that was. I think it was all, again, about 15 to $20. It's a lot of money for, because you're using the, the ship's communication systems, you know. And so you're going to pay through the nose for it, but people do. People paid a lot of money for that. And the conversations are so valuable, you know. Like when I, when I you know, I phoned you uh, a, a few times as well and – um, I wanted, I didn't even care what we were going to talk about, you know, and uh, with, with my parents at Christmas time, oh my God, I remember trying to Skype my parents at Christmas, but the ship's Wi-Fi was, was knackered. So it, it was the most frustrating thing you could ever say, you know, you, there's no point of phoning home and saying what you're doing. You, all you want is that reassuring of like, you know, I'm fine. Are you fine? What have I missed briefly? Because we're on the clock. Unfortunately, <laughs> you can't have. So that's why most most uh, crew members, especially in the states, will get off that ship quickly. And you've and Starbucks is your best friend. <laughs> that because of the free Wi-Fi, like you know, to have free Wi-Fi anywhere, the first thing a crew member will say it doesn't matter where you are in the world. As soon as you get to a restaurant, what is your Wi-Fi password? Because you're not going to use your own data. You're going to pay through the nose for that. So it is free Wi-Fi is golden. And yeah, you just see, if you're going to see a port, you'll see at least 100 people looking at their phones or iPads phoning home. And wow. the conversation doesn't have to be anything. It's literally just a familiar face. But that being said, um, the ship itself ha you know holds holds another family and you do become incredibly close very quickly and here's the best pun for you because we're all on the same boat right literally hey there you go bang <laughs> Thanks, that's thank, the you. thank you you're welcome but it's it is that's the point and we are we're all in it together and we're on the same ship for a very very long time so you're going to have to get on you're forced to get on and um yeah, you you need to make friends. You need, to, and unfortunately, you mentioned about people who are introverted. It's not for you if you're introverted. Quite frankly, you'll have a very very bad time and a very hard time, because I saw people who were introverted and didn't want to, well, couldn't make friends. You know, basically, um, and people try. You know, obviously they'll go to them and say, "Hey, do you want to join us?" No, 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 I don't. I just want they were very lonely for half a year of their life and I felt really bad for them, you know, but that was their decision. It's not for you. If you're introverted, you, especially depending on the cruise line that you work for, you have to be out there and put on the show effectively is what it is. You put on the show 24 seven when you're yeah. walking across passenger deck and you see passengers coming up to you, they're like, Hey, how are you? How, how, how's it going? Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, you know, I'm doing great. How about you? You know, it's like real, the show you know almost like working at disneyland everyone uh -huh. yeah that's the best way to describe it yeah and you could be hanging out of your ass <laughs> or you <laughs> just like 
and you're just like, I don't want to see a single person today, but hey, how are you? Oh, I'm so happy to see you. You know, it's just, that's the way it is. That's show business in a way, yeah. you know. <laughs> Talking about the friends made, um, you mentioning you need to be, you know, if you're introverted, it might not be the one for you. But if, if they are, how easy was it for you to make friends? Are people extremely welcoming? As you mentioned, you're all on the same boat. Yeah, um, everyone remembers what it's like to be new. You know, yeah. and I did have a wobble myself when I, um, you know, when I first started, I thought this isn't for me. I did break down a lot and I was like, Jesus, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, I was unfortunate as well. Unfortunately, like, for example, one one of the uh, 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 fellow members of management that was there was literally something out of the darkest parts of the bible she was she was one of the worst human beings i've ever met in my entire life and that's unfortunate you know there's not many people like that but uh this particular one had the reputation ship fleet wide as being a complete fill the blanks you know but it's uh that's just unfortunate so that didn't help and that really ground me down um but like anything else, it's crew turnaround. Her contract's come to an end. And then another person came on and completely changed my whole experience, changed my life. I was lucky enough to have really good roommates as well. Uh, really good roommates. And um, they, 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 the, the common theme there was uh, they tend to be Serbian and homosexual, which was is absolutely fine uh, because they were the best, the best people. <laughs> And uh, we got on like a house on fire. They, we, and uh, I, I don't know how many ship husbands I actually had. Uh, I'm very comfortable in my own skin, I will say. Uh, but uh, it was it was crazy. And this it was so supportive in the way of that they could see that I'm having a hard time. And it's like, look, just give it another week. Just give it another week. Because weeks literally are like hours. Like they just, it's a time warp. Like before you know it, a month has gone and you're like, oh my God, like that legit felt like five days or up to a week because you are constantly mm. going um but yeah no the support support is there for for everybody you know but you need to make them connections quick to establish that support network i meet my yeah. personally I'm, a, I'm an outgoing guy you know i'll i'll I'll, I'll say hi to anybody you know it doesn't bother me at all um so it was very easy for me um but others it might not be. And that is what you need to establish quick is a good network of support because it's hard. And that's really good to hear. And well, uh, there's a few things um, I've heard about the ship life and certain stories. Maybe you can clarify one. And this might be one that um, almost solidified your, your, your bond, your friendship, your kinship with your fellow shipmates. Is it true that the first time you cross the equator, you get thrown into the pool on the ship and yeah it's like a it's a ritual is, is this true yeah the kissing of the fish um it's an old <laughs> greek um it's an old greek tradition um crossing the equator i don't know if it well it stems from that ultimately all i didn't know about this going in when we crossed the uh, equator once in the middle of the pacific um i was told for for you know for for luck and joy for the rest of your life um, you need to get thrown into the pool by Poseidon himself as a guy dressed as Poseidon and you need to um, kiss a fish. I mean, um, obviously, you know, I want to be safe, safety first. So uh, <laughs> let's cross this equator, right? And uh, yeah, you get thrown in, uh, almost drowned and um, and you make out with a fish. 
and it was a real, quite a big fish. Oh, um, uh, don't know a name, <laughs> but it was, uh, <laughs> it was fun. It's little things like that, you know. It's it stems from a very very old tradition for safety, and you basically making an offering with the gods at the time. And that was that one. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's loads of obviously old sea traditions, and that that was a fun one. It's it's definitely one of those things, and it's one of those moments that I imagine you you just don't forget because it's it's something not everyone does. Um, no, so, so you know. Be- before we uh, kind of dive into a bit more of your experiences there, um, one thing I think we need to cover is what was the application process like? You mentioned you kind of just wanted to have a change in life. But a lot of people may be put off by a 30 page application booklet. But what yeah. was the application like to work at Princess Cruises for you? Incredibly easy. Um, almost too easy, uh, to be honest. It was literally a case of apply online, which I did. I think I was fortunate because they were really hideously understaffed at the time uh, in terms of the retail sector. So that was fortunate for me. Um, but the majority uh, is, I mean, I don't know, this is going back to, oh, when was it? This was almost, ten, oh my God, 2023 now. This is 10 years ago. This is all, literally a decade. Oh my God. So things could have probably have changed in a decade, but at the time uh, it was uh, it was just apply online. You get called in for an interview down in Southampton. I can't see that unchanging. You go down and uh, speak to the relevant interviewer for that department. And it was literally a case of, can you read? Can you write? Are you, are you stupid? No. Cool. Right. Well, here's a job. You know, and it was like, Jesus. Um, I think it helps that you, uh, you know, I think it helps sometimes with your nationality as well. Um, with, with the fact that if you've got a British accent and you, that, can work wonders in princess cruises quite frankly you know because there's not a lot of people from the uk uh there as well so that that will certainly work in your favor if you're looking at uh, working in retail or uh or cruise staff uh you know the 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 forward front entertainment that do the welcome aboard shows and hosting the bingo and yeah no definitely i mean i'm obviously uh, i've seen a few things especially when you're working in certain parts of china as well i mean a lot of the time they were talking about they want um British English they want it the, the more English you sound and the more um I don't know I suppose classic cliche English um yeah you you that that's what they're after because it's it's it's, it's, a, it's yeah. for some reason it's still an old school kind of way of thinking about that British Very luxury that yeah and it's it's probably something that just won't go because I suppose that's what people want that's the the image they go with so yeah application quite easy you got through did you have any choice in the cruise ship direction or do they literally just take you're going here? This is what, where you'll be going. Yeah. Zero choice whatsoever. And I even fought it once. And I said, uh, my first ship, uh, again, like I say, that was going to, the, I mean, I was never going to argue with that one. It was like, we're going to fly off to Hawaii. It was like, oh my God. Okay, fine. I, I don't care. And it was my first ship. So I didn't really care. My second ship, um, which was one of the newer ships at the time, uh, we, we one of the real big ones. Uh, it was the Regal at the time. I'm, there's loads more ships that's come out since, but the Regal and the Royal were the two big flagship ships that hold five and a half thousand people um, that came out. And I got offered the um, 
the Regal and uh, I couldn't believe it. And I didn't care where that was sailing because it was a beautiful ship. And they said just, I think it was within two weeks. Um, not only did they say, uh, well, I, I that particular point, I thought I was going to be home for Christmas. And then I got a call halfway through my vacation and they said, we need you now. And you need to go in two weeks, meaning I'm going to miss Christmas. And it's not going to be the Regal. It's going to be the Royal. And I was pissed. Like, I really wanted... And I mean, they're, they're the same. But I also knew a few people that was going to be on the Regal as opposed to the Royal as well. Um, and I was like, mm, you know, I didn't want to, didn't want to do it. Um, like, yeah, but again, that's where the Caribbean itinerary came out as well. So I thought, okay, well, I've, I've not done that, but we're also going to a few places I've already been to. So I was, I was, I was a bit fighting against it, but they literally, the answer to that was you, you will do this contract or you quit and you don't oh. have a job. <laughs> and it's like, right. Okay. Well, I don't have much choice. And quite frankly, um, that it's a good thing I said yes, because that's where I, on the Royal, that's where I met my now wife and have children. <laughs> so if I didn't, if I <laughs> didn't have like, children on the ship though, that's just no, not on the ship. Yeah. 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 I, I took children, um, uh, from the ship. <laughs> um, no, but it's, that's just, that's just, I'm a, I'm a heavily, heavy believer in fate. And that is, uh, you know, if it was what's meant to be is meant to be. And that is crazy. They could have easily have said, oh, sure. Okay. Well, you can go on the Regal or stay or not. But yeah, if it, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have met my now wife. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, no, basically to answer that question is no, you have no choice whatsoever. Well, let's um, let, let's um, quickly go on to this topic, and then we'll we'll come back around. Um, so, tell me, obviously, you you met your now wife. You've been married for seven years. Um, no, I've been I've been with her for eight years. Uh, we've been married for three. Oh God! Well, gosh, it feels so much longer. It's well, three, two, two. <laughs> I think is it three? Yeah, it is three. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, sure, Sure. Yeah, 2019. I met, I met her in 2014, so that would have been oh geez, that's coming up nine, a long time. Uh, we've been yeah. married about <laughs> yeah, we've been married about three years, I think, and then for 2019, yeah. we, won't, we won't, we won't, um, we'll cut this out just so she, in case she hears and she loses faith. But um, <laughs> you so, won't so cut. Tell me, obviously, you, you, you met you met the, your now wife. You've got you got two beautiful children um, with her. Do a lot of people find their, like, say that their future partner? Do, do you find a lot of people have partnered up um, since working on cruise ships, or are yeah. you, were you and you and Emma a bit of a rarity? Um, we're a rarity in the way that we met and we stayed together. Um, there's a hell of a lot of relationships. <laughs> Get it? Relation. Jesus. No, no, okay. No, no, no. Ha! Um, <laughs> trying for you. Uh, I am pure fire. Um, there's a lot of the there's there's ship romances everywhere, every corner of the ship. Um, but whether it lasts, actually physically lasts, is is a rarity. I was very fortunate in the sense of that um, I met 
the one I wanted to be with for the rest of my life. It wasn't just a ship. I had plenty of ship romances myself, and so did she. That's just the way it was. It was one of the, quite frankly, the way to pass the time. And it was the most fun thing I've ever, this is my uni, take that as you will. But when I met her, that was it. And it was, I was like, Christ, I was fortunate that I met someone and fell in love with someone. One that was in the same country. There's plenty of people that fall head over heels and want to marry them and have kids and everything like this but they live in south africa or they live in uh, wherever (laughs) name another country the usa and long distance relationships are the most common relationships is long distance because inevitably you're going to fall for someone that is from another country and it's either you know, and what's the chances of them moving to your country or you move to that? It's a hell of a lot. It's a lot, big commitment. Yeah. And I experienced this with Emma. I had long distance with Emma because we f- we met each other on the Royal and then the contract after that, we were split up. Even though we applied to have twinned contracts, hmm. it sometimes might not happen. And, and it didn't happen. I was again doing the mexico alaska run and she was doing uh the other side of mexico uh, like just on the other side of the country we were just apart for six months and that was and that was one of the the toughest contracts i've ever i i ever had uh unfortunately mm. uh for one of them reasons and that's when i realized no, i just can't do this i'm not going to do this again i'm slowly killing myself anyway because of the workload and um you know drink pure alcoholism (laughs) but uh it's uh i i just want to be with her now and so we both quit together and again that's a fortunate thing as well of meeting someone that has the same mindset of you because you you both it's a big commitment as well you're both giving you're both quitting your job for each other basically not everyone's going to do that you know they need a job uh but we did um and so, yeah, but yeah, I think I was just fortunate in the long run as it as it went on because I fell straight into a travel agency job now being a travel agent only mere months after that. Uh, so it was it I was I was very lucky. Uh, not everybody else is lucky in that in that respect. Um, but no, me and Emma is a rarity when it comes to ship relationships that still stuck together. Yeah, yeah. I believe Emma worked on. For the cruise ships for a for, for a bit longer than you didn't she a bit longer yeah i was about three and a half years total i think she was about five years five and a half years total yeah. um she yeah she was master photographer on the ship so she run her own photography studio um she started off as a photographer doing you know she dressed up as a beaver and a and, a, and an ox and a whale and doing the Disneyland thing outside the ship when you go and have character photos and stuff and she did that and shooting uh you know at the dinner table she did all that but she did so well that she she got promoted and she had her own ship um she had her own ship she had her own studio on a ship and um yeah her work's incredible and and that it was one of the things as well that I was just like damn and um and funnily enough, that was one of the problems as well, is because I didn't. When I first met her, um, I knew in the, in the most stalkerish level ever. I was like, I knew that this woman is uh, th- this is this is who I want to be with. And I never saw her for a month after that because oh. I didn't know where the studio was and what she did. So I thought, literally, she just ran away. <laughs> and effectively, <laughs> that's what she did. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I, uh, 
it's like a horror film stalking on a ship um i sound like a horrific human being but it was quite lovely in the end yeah but uh yeah that's yeah that's what she did <laughs> well um well i've said it before but you know, you know wonderful congratulations and a, and a happy little life that you're both living now with your two children mm, but um obviously um you were there three and a half years emma there for about five were there people there who are making it almost a career do do people go for long or is it quite a short-term career no yeah so that completely depends on you but people have made it a career when they completely didn't expect it to be one of the most common sayings you'll ever hear from a crew member is one more contract by far Mm. the most common thing you'll hear and i did it as well i went okay one more i went on i joined to do one and you remember me saying to you i said i just want to do this for six months and you're like yeah cool and then i found why it's so addictive and then i just went okay and i said to you and you remember on the phone i'm going to do one more contract and then i did it again i said one more contract and so i did three and um and people people went on there to do a couple maybe two or three and they've been there um like one of our good friends john uh you've met john as well yeah he did ships for 10 i think 10 or 11 10 12 years and it's crazy he said originally he just went on to for a bit of a jolly and just wanted to do a couple of things and you one more contract one more con one more contract turns into 20 25 years there was a guy uh, i made i was very very close with and um his name's uh gordon wilson he he doesn't he he was on ships for 25, I think 25 years or a quarter of a decade. Uh, he's not on ships anymore now. He, he owns his own real estate agency in Mexico. It kind of like took a bit of a turn there, but he is the quintessential example of why you find it addictive of the fact that he went on there starting off, wanted to do a couple of things. He's got a very infectious personality. So like, you'll just want to be friends with him instantly as soon as you meet him. But you live like a rock star every single day. As you said, you are your own character in your own film. Everybody knows you on the ship. You know, everybody says hi to you. You know, the passengers get to know you very quickly. If you are passenger facing, this is what the addictive side of it is. If you're passenger facing, the addictive side to it is that it can be good money. Um, if you're not passenger facing and that's what people, you know, it, it, it can be, it can be relatively good money, but if you are, you are just recognized everywhere. Sometimes even people want to take pictures with you. Like, it's just like this crazy, like what? Like, you know, I'm obviously in in real life. You're not used to this. You're partying all the time. You, it, you could be, you could be a, an ugly bastard like me and get laid all this, <laughs> you know, it's just like, this is something that I never thought I would ever ever be able to experience in my life and you are getting constant attention constant praise good money and it's one more contract i'm going to do this again i'm going to you know you make family with them friends fat like family and you just you just crying with laughter on a constant basis you just feel good about yourself you made to feel good about yourself um which can be hard to do you know to find on a daily basis when you're doing the general commute to the same place on land you know it's like you know here we go the daily grind it was not that way 
in any way, shape or form on, on ships. Yes, it was very hard work. It wasn't just the work. You are that role first. Mm. No, no, sorry. You are that role second, but what you are first is a crew member. So there's a lot of crew drills. There's a lot of life jacket demonstrations. There's a lot of, you know, you could be put in in charge or second in command of a muster station. Muster station being that emergency section of the ship where you were passengers, say 500 passengers are allocated to that one muster station area. So they will go into a lifeboat in, in terms of emergency. So you are in charge or going to be potentially could be in charge of 500 people who are going to panic and scream in your face because you think the ship's going to sink, you know? So you, you are a crew member first, but I think that also adds to the addiction. It's like, it's just this crazy world. Yeah. So yeah, people, people will say one more contract and they've, and years fly off the calendar. And that yeah. is the bad side of it. <laughs> I mean, um, miss- yeah, it's 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 got both ways. It's good and bad. I've, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people, and I I understand the kind of addiction of what it's like. I mean, you get into this kind of routine of living outside of what you would consider your normal life. You're you're seeing so many different things. You're experiencing different things. You've got so little cares as well when you're out and about. You know, working abroad. You've got that income. You've got that freedom. You've got that sense of exploration, which I think is always Tax free income. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, definitely that. That that was always always a delight. But um, what you, you mentioned about all these people who have, you know, do it for five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 25. How easy is it to get a get a new contract? Obviously, they employ you, I think, on a six month basis, so, you know, give or take. Um, do they just come to you at the end and be like, yeah, listen, do you want to do it again? Or do they give you a performance review? Or mm-hmm. you mentioned it's like uni. I mean, can you? Yeah, can you get away with Blue Murder and come back for a second contract? Or is there yeah. a sense of performance reviews? Um, there is performance reviews as well, depend, you know, seeing if you are good enough to stick in your role. Uh, you know, if, if there's there's different there's different levels to every single role, there'll be like level one, level two, level three pay bracket roles as well. Uh, you know, it would be, so you'd have performance reviews on, on that particular thing to see if uh, you're doing a good enough job to be warranted to be warranted to be paid that much, whatever. But yeah, nine times out of ten, um, you will know what ship you're going on next before you leave the ship that you're on. So, um, and that's such an exciting thing. Everyone looks forward to that. They know they've got about a month left of the ship that they're on, and they get handed right here's your next ship. So they're like, oh my god! And most people who's been on for so long would be like oh i know such and such and such and they start getting in contact with them people already to create that friend network so it's going to be an easier time for them they immediately look at the schedule and they're like oh my god we're going to go to uh, china or japan or whatever like this you know they start looking at the you know and everyone it's a very exciting time for most people yeah. Uh, because the ship that they're on, they're already bored of probably by then, <laughs> and they can't wait for vacation time. So they're like, right, okay, you know, I got two months off. Sometimes it depends. There's varying contracts. There's four months, six months, longer contracts. And sometimes my example is that they cut my vacation time in half, and so that can happen. You know, some people don't even have vacation. They will opt to just go straight onto the next one because they know they'll lose it if they don't. And it's money at the end of the yeah. day. I mean, there, there's so many kind of 
impressive story so far and that you can see why it's easy to get addicted you've obviously talked about kind of having those experiences meeting friends um talking with family getting the experiences having some nice pay getting that sense of you know your main main character in the story now let, let's talk a bit more about your experiences now i've seen a couple of the photos you're you're, you're quite a photo dumper when it came to logging into facebook every now and then and you could tell when chris had internet because there would be a series <laughs> of photos coming on now, I don't want to sound too Blade Runner here, but you've seen things many people wouldn't believe. Um, there are some, some incredible photos, but could, we'll get onto these photos and the experiences. But would you say that these port days and when you get internet, it was, that, those were the point. It was all worth those long working days, working weeks. Were port days mm. worth like, hard hours and the many hangovers? A hundred percent, yeah. And at night time as well, if you're import and uh you you get to go off the ship you're allowed to get off it it all makes it worth it like it's just again as you say experiences and things you'd see and do that one you'll either never be able to afford um predominantly you know you can do whatever you want in this world if you have money but if you can't afford it then you never see it you know or have the time to or um or you know whatever so i mean for example for me I've I've never skydived in my life, obviously, and I've never, you know, who who gets to jump out of a plane often enough. And uh, I always wanted to do that, but I figured skydiving in Hawaii might sound better than skydiving over Hull in England, <laughs> like you know, it's <laughs> or Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds a little <laughs> bit more impressive, and it was, and it was, it was one of those bucket list things I never thought I'd do. I jumped out of a plane wearing an authentic Hawaiian shirt and some dog tags like it was a pacific war movie um <laughs> over big island where they were filming king kong and it was like never like how like you know where who am i to have to have been able to warrant this swimming with dolphins blah 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 you know that's what people do and uh, yeah it's a lot of money but when are you you know i i would have absolutely kicked myself hard to this day if i was too hungover to do it or couldn't afford it or whatever it's you, you that makes it worth it that the whole point of working is to do things like this and um and for sure i um it's life-changing would you would you say that working on the cruise ship and doing all those contracts do you think that's kind of did that help influence who you are now did it kind of change your your views on everything do you say it's had a, a lasting impact on your life completely changed my life i um yeah, from I, I was slowly running myself down into the ground when I was, you know, a lot of things happened in my personal life that was driving me down into the ground as well. And I was, I say drinking excess, excessively, I couldn't have probably drank more than if I was on the ship. But it was, it was, I was really unhealthy. Um, I, I was getting really bad in terms of I was a lot more overweight as well in myself I felt disgusting and I needed to change and uh, I shed half my body weight on ships I was I was the thinnest I've ever been um with the sun everything like this my skin rejuvenated literally you just turn into a completely different person um there was one point when I was in Alaska with Gordon actually we were hiking through uh I think it was in Skagway Alaska we were going through the forests and we found we went hiked up to glaciers and we found a, an ice cave um i believe that's what, one of the things that you saw as well um there was a nice uh, there was what my my favorite picture i ever took over my ship career was that one picture was when i was in an ice cave 
completely natural ice cave. There was no signs to it. It was something that it, I felt like Indiana Jones. You know, you've just discovered something. And there was a, a point where Gordon took that pic. He took that picture. I just looked through the roof of it. It was like a, into you could see the sky. There was a hole in it. All I did was look through that, and he took a picture. That, for me, was the moment that my life completely changed for everything. Like, I thought, there's more to life. There's a world out there. Go see it. Do whatever you want to do. Do what you need to do. And just think about you. Be selfish. Be happy mm -hmm. in yourself. And that was the turning point for me. And then I met my wife. And then, my God, my life just completely U-turned for the yeah. absolute better. Like, no, I just feel, felt more grounded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's an absolutely stunning photo, and I'll, I'll be sure to share it on the on the Instagram. But yeah, there there are certain moments, and you know, I mean, I think a lot of people who go traveling they do find these, you know, that they're, they're not tourist destinations. They're not like they're pla they're places off the beaten track, and you kind of find these little things, and it does open your eyes. And I'm I'm a adamant believer in that traveling does expand the mind and expands like your how you think about the world as well where you never realize how big the world is until you see these non-touristy areas um oh, i yeah. still remember the first time i hiked up a mountain in like Wenzhou and had this view with you know ancient chinese temples on one side culture on the other ocean here and yeah you you do start to reevaluate and i think that photo is a perfect kind of encapsulation of what your experience was like yeah. um yeah, but obviously you yeah. talk about the, these kind of U-turns. But one thing that I find, and I've spoken to a lot of people about, is even though you're experiencing the world, you're enjoying experiencing the world. You're seeing these sights, your sounds, tastes, everything. You you do start to miss the little things, and you start. People do get homesick. You mentioned you broke down a few times. Mm. I've I've said that my first night in China. Yeah, I definitely had a breakdown. But you mm. and you realize that when you do come home things do and don't change and it's kind of hard to describe it to people who haven't yeah. gone through it but yeah. um what, what what bits of home did did you miss what what things did you miss out on was and but mm. would you say any that you missed out on did they make you regret going yeah i think the the things that make you regret being there is the little to incredibly big things when it comes to friends and family as in life events you know mm. um again going back to gordon he's probably the best example i could give here is that he missed multiple friends weddings he missed multiple friends funerals and deaths you know and things like that where it is massive um and uh you know it, it's life events where you would absolutely not want to miss it for the world but wherever you are you either can't leave uh or if you do leave then you then you are quitting your your, your job uh so i mean you know it depends on how obviously how important it is but you know some could argue it's just like oh well you know if it's so important why didn't you just quit or whatever one what happened to me uh was my uh the the loss of my uncle uh derek he uh my dad's on my dad's side my dad's brother and that was the one point where i thought i'm gonna go then but I couldn't. I was literally in the middle of the ocean. I physically couldn't even a helicopter couldn't even come and get me like it was we were so far out. So I would I would find out that he passed, obviously, and that would just completely obviously devastated me. Um, but I couldn't be there for my dad and I couldn't see him, you know, 
um, I couldn't be there for the service and be there to support him as he's carrying the coffin. I was just thinking just on a daily basis of I've, you know, I'm missing this. I'm, why am I here? You know, but I couldn't leave. I just could not physically get there. And, uh, that was the point of, you felt like you're in prison because there's things that you're missing out on. So yeah, funerals, weddings, life events, um, the little things you, you, you know, you land based activities of, you, you don't so much really care about, you know, there's a lot of things that change, especially in the town that me and you live, used to live in, um, you know, the shopping center there. It's like, Oh, that shop's changed. Or as you say, or, Oh, that bar's not there anymore. It's like, oh, okay, sure. You know, life just continues. And you, you know, it's, uh, that would probably mean a big deal to somebody that, you know, that it sees it on a daily basis that works on land. But when you were on ships or you, when you jetted off and you came back as well, it was like, all right, it's the little things you don't really so much care about. It's the big things like life events that you miss out on. And yet time, time is very, very, very valuable, you know, um, long distance can, can be a killer. Like, you know, and, and you know, it's, but you, you do it to better yourself completely i mean me and you live on pretty much the other side of the country now that doesn't stop our communication this is very much similar to ships like you know i will see you uh, i will be seeing you personally shortly and um it's as if i saw you yesterday when i talk to you on the phone it's as if i saw you yesterday that's what obviously friendships is all about um Mm. but you just get used to that's life unfortunately you know, you got to think about yourself. You got to think of the betterment of your family, but at the same time, it's missing out on the big things. But when it comes to ships, that was a hell of a lot different. You just physically couldn't be there, and that yeah. is the point where you think this isn't worth it anymore. Yeah. I mean, and then but with you, 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 you carried on, you powered through, and I think, I mean, even your dad said to you, you know, experience it, didn't he? I mean, you know, there's there's nothing yeah. to do, but. You, you yeah. carried on and yeah I mean I, I completely understand you know how you want to went through I, I lost my granddad whilst I was away and it's yeah. it's extremely difficult and, it, and you do feel trapped you do feel lost but um that's when again as we as you mentioned communication is with with home and people will say to you you know yes um you you know you, you've got to keep you've got to keep going and you know the, the great thing is those family members um would have said the same thing um, and that they yeah. were would have said you know you're doing something so few people have the courage to do and it's they, they would have wanted you to carry on so yeah but, yeah uh, and that's, largely that's pretty well what everybody tends to say it doesn't matter what the family is they tend to say the same thing of like well he wouldn't he or she wouldn't have wanted you to you know give it up so just carry on what you're doing but you it doesn't stop you feeling like the worst person ever you know that you can't leave and that just really yeah. eats at you that you're missing this no, you know? but yeah no um 100% agree and I mean I think um you know this has been um a, a fantastic uh chat uh Chris this has been absolutely great I mean I've um I was always fascinated by um kind of your your, your ship life and I think you've kind of really like shared a lot and you've kind of exp- like explained a lot the application process building friends 
keeping that communication where you can but then more importantly as we kind of just had this living your life and you know as you say yeah being selfish and it's not bad to feel selfish about just experiencing your life and going off and doing what you need to I find that's what a lot of people who go traveling and work abroad do they want to they want to take control and that's I think that's the the kind of the difference between taking control and some people might say just being selfish but um it's it's really not you know it's 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 not you I I feel like I was 23 you know yesterday you know and now I'm 34 it's like a decade just goes like that and it's like my god personally I feel you know if I if 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 I was if I was to die tomorrow I could safely say that I've really lived my you know and, and explored the world to the max I and my full potential that I could have done and I feel proud of that. And I'm happy about that. A lot of people tend to get to the point where, say, they get to they're close to their 40s. And it's like, well, where have I been? Maybe a couple of places in Europe. Oh, yeah, no, I went to Australia once, whatever. You know, that's fine as well. But it's like, then you sent, I didn't ever want to feel that regret too late. Yeah. That was one of the points. And that is all about being selfish. And that's what I didn't want to feel was regret of, God, I should have done that, shouldn't I? Really, you know? Or, or you? Yeah, I didn't want to feel that. No, definitely. And I, I'm not going to feel that. But it's, uh, you know, and so if you can, and you have the resources too, and the time, and the energy, it is a young man's game, quite frankly, um, a younger man's game, and and not having, you know, responsibilities like kids or relationships or whatever like that, just do it. Like, there's you're literally losing nothing you're yeah. only gaining everything on that one again chris this has been absolutely wonderful and i thank you for your for your time this morning um but before you go i'd like to ask um my, my quick fire questions to you just to see what oh. comes to your mind okay so so first questions first what advice would you give to 22 year old chris before he went off on ships mm-hmm. um without without giving too many spoilers away i'd probably say just stick at it because you're gonna it's gonna be one of the toughest things you've ever done in your entire life but also the most rewarding in the end and it will change your life completely um and i i would say just roll with it roll with the punches ride the wave there's another pun bang boom um um that's that's what i would say i just just say it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done but just keep at it like marriage (laughs) you managed to go to a fair few countries you engage with a fair few different cultures did you pick up a favorite phrase that just became the natural um other than one more contract uh um I'd probably say Paisano uh, was one that I never heard of until then. Everyone, Paisano meaning, everyone says Paisano. Like, oh, he's your, your Paisano. Paisano meaning he's the same nationality as you. So yeah. if you have, if you if you find your Paisano on the ship, you tend to be very close very quickly because you they all tend to stick together. You know, um, the it's, well. The, the Filipinos, the Indonesians, the Indians, they've got a very large uh, Paisano gathering on the ship, so they all tend to stick together. But I tell you what, the unity of nationalities, it didn't tend to matter in the end. I remember sitting around a table and it was me, uh, it sounds like a joke, but it was me, an Irishman, an American, uh, a German, a Serbian, a Ukrainian, 
South African, did I say Canadian? Yeah. And no. an Egyptian, the one Egyptian on board uh, that was there. And we were like, oh, come along. And it was crazy how we are just, we're all, you know, English is the main spoken language, uh, you know, on the ships anyway. But it was that we were all talking about the same thing, all laughing about the same thing. Mm. I know this is a long-winded answer, but it was quite fascinating to see how many nationalities got on so quickly. And outside of that, they don't tend to. Yeah. <laughs> but on ships, we were we were just we just were so unified. Is there a song on your playlist that you had with you all the time, or is there a song that you would sing to yourself whilst out on contracts? <laughs> um, I yeah. Every time I hear Lincoln Park. Um, it wasn't a particular song to me. There was multiple songs, but Linkin Park as an artist, that's all I listen to. I don't know why. Um, one, probably the one, the one that really hits home that I always listen to was, uh, Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top. Cause that's my oh, dad's nice. favorite song. And, uh, I just remember every time I was sad, I would listen to that song basically it's a fun song it's a really good song but it was it would just feel like home but now that listening to that reminds me of ships rather than home um so that that was that was the song oh very nice and final question what country is next on your list oh god now i have kids it's probably going to be uh skegness <laughs> it, it, you know it, my budget's uh is, is gone thin uh but no country uh there's i'm going to be doing a lot of staycationing over the next couple of years but um i would probably say the next one would probably actually be india i reckon um oh, never nice. been to that area that side of the world love to love to see you know the sights and the smells and the culture it's never going to go the the bug's never going to go and the and the interest and the curiosity but i'd say india and um ju- just on that kind of last comment you made you, you say the bug's never going to go um do you still have that itch obviously you've got a wife and kids not saying up and leave them but do you think <laughs> that is something that's um this this bug to want to go this sense of wanderlust do you think that's going to be st- staying with you for the rest of your life? A hundred percent. It's never going to go. There's, you know, there's there's people that have seen a hell of a lot more than me. I've been very fortunate in in how many countries I've been to that I'll never have been able to afford in my entire life. Emma's seen a lot more than me, and there's people that've seen a lot more than her. And they always say there's always there's always going to be somewhere else that you've not been to that not only it kind of feels like a a collector of of countries of like, well I've been there there and there but it's just that it's somewhere different and mm-hmm. I want to have I want to get to know that culture and the sights and the smells and it's never going to go if you've got that if you've got it you've got it if you don't you know you don't yeah. that's it there's no middle there's no middle well I, I feel like I'm saying your classic phrase of one more contract but I'm going to just ask one more question <laughs> would you encourage your children once they grow up to travel and explore the world Oh, so my, <laughs> me and my wife have two different, very different answers to that. Yes, as on a basic level, 100% yes. Um, would I want my children to join ships? No. <laughs> then this is selfish. I'll, you know, uh, I could tell, I could tell you to join ships. I don't mind, you know, whatever it comes to your kids. You, you just, because you know what ships is like and yeah. it, it can chew you up and spit you out because, and that's exactly what my parents said. When I said, 
I was going on ships, it, it didn't go down so well. But then they realized it's just concern for safety, you know what it is. But then they realized what it did to you as a whole. So I, I'm, you know, I probably not my, I say that. I, I don't know. I'm on the fence with my kids. I want them to experience what I did and see the world. And why not? Why, you know, why, you know, the, the experiences in life, the life experiences they would gain would be crazy. But I know, again, how hard it could be. And I don't want that for my yeah. kids. But, um, but it's so worth it in the end. So I don't know. I'm on the fence. My wife would be like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Ship them off. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, to, to give them that experience, but I just know how hard it so is. That's just me being eyes. a concerned parent, but, but largely. Yes. I, I yeah, hundred percent. I won't ask um, any more questions. Why not? Um, you, know, I, you live in the world. The see it. But again, Chris, um, thanks again uh, for sharing your story and I really appreciate your time, but, but thank you again for telling us about the yeah, ship life. Well, yeah. 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 That's all right. No worries. It's been a pleasure to uh, to reminisce. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. No, no problem. Thanks for having me on this uh, this awesome channel. Thank you for joining us today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the Tales from Travelers podcast to stay up to date on past and future episodes. I'm always looking to share new stories from expats and repats from all over the world. So please reach out if you'd like to share your story. You never know; your story could be the one that helps someone make that life changing choice. You can find us on Instagram at Tales from Travellers. I'd love to hear your story, and more importantly, I'd love to share it with the world. I look forward to hearing from you, but thanks again for joining me, and until next time, happy travels. <laughs>